Welcome, everybody, to the Fine Flow Podcast. I'm your host, Sean McDermott. Welcome, Bill. Happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday, Sean. Okay, so let's get started. We got a couple topics today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about AI ops and network management. We're going and we're going to spend a fair amount of time talking about the future of AI ops and and where it's going. And we have a couple different subjects on that. So uh, to get started, let's um, let's talk about this uh, article that came out um, the other day, and uh, it's really talking about uh, network management. Uh, you know, the you know, we talk about this a lot on this this uh, this uh, broadcast, and that is what are the use cases? And AI ops obviously is for IT operations areas, and one of the biggest use cases going on right now is really around monitoring and event management. So mm -hmm. new article come out um, from a guy named uh, Jubil Matthew. He's at Live Action and uh, actually is referring to a survey that was done by EMA. So EMA did a survey yeah. uh, last year and they're putting out a lot of content around the survey. So they must have been doing uh, a lot of really uh, collect a lot of good information. I've seen, you know, we've talked about the EMA um, We've talked about the EMA survey a few times. So, but this one, uh, basically what they're saying is the primary use case is around network operations and event management. And they break it down between network monitoring and security monitoring, which makes total sense to me, right? Because this is what um, we've been saying before. And it's a very data-driven exercise, which is perfect for AI ops. And it's time critical because, you know, network management, and I think they really mean infrastructure management, is time critical in making sure that you can get services back up and running, especially critical business services. And security event monitoring is really key too. Uh, and you know, time is of essence when you've got a potential security event going on. So they've thrown out a lot of statistics, but uh, we can get to that in a moment. Uh, but you know, obviously, you I think you read this article. What are your what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, one is they they said the top four use cases, right? Which I'll get into the statistics a little bit are there's a, they go from 56% of users to 52% in the top four. So that it's almost like it's a four-way tie for first place of anomaly detection, security, um, pattern recognition, and the intelligent alerting. And then the last one was just um, automated IT service problem. And so all of, except for security is really can stand on its own a different use case, different organization, perhaps. Um, but the rest of it, it all just sort of flows together. And so, so they're really just looking for the sort of, and everybody's sort of looking for the end to end. Right. Um, and so I think, I think like anomaly detection was number one at 56% versus security of 55. And, you know, I think the key is it's kind of obvious. That's one of the reasons why you buy the product. But I think, I think the key is looking at what's under the covers of that. Is it, you know, there's different vendors that are good with logs, different vendors that are good with metrics and very multivariable others that are more event focused, like you said, and, and maybe domain, uh, agnostic of pulling events from different domains. And, and so I think it's really, it's kind of, to me, it's an obvious statement that not a surprising finding, um, that the, the certain percentages, I'm actually kind of surprised they're as low as they are. Um, but, uh, but I think it really is the next layer below that when you start looking at vendors and kind of what they're really uh, able to provide. Yeah, I, I, I think that when I read these statistics, and I, I, um, I'm not sure I think they're low. I mean, when you see things that are 56%, that's actually, I think, statistically pretty high um, from a focus area, right? Because you, what you probably have yeah. is you probably have a number of other areas that 
go from like 56 down to like, you know, 10, right? Yeah. And there's always going to be different things we're working on, but where they're primary. And, and to me, all these four use cases, they're all kind of the same thing in my mind. Yeah. And, you know, it's yeah. anomaly detection and pattern recognition and alerting and escalation. That's kind of the whole chain of event management, whether you're on infrastructure monitoring or security, the security monitoring side. So I'm not too terribly surprised to see that they're all kind of the same number because I think they're all kind of seen as the same thing. I know when we're working with our customers on AI ops and looking at use cases, we would lump this all kind of together of, mm -hmm. because, you know, getting, you know, being able to process amounts of data, the whole purpose is for you to look for patterns, right? And when you're looking for right. patterns, then you're looking for root cause and correlation and at that point, you're saying, okay, what do we do about it? So to me, they're all kind of interlinked. So I'm, I'm not too terribly surprised that they're all that same same priority level. Yeah, the one thing that, that did jump out to me that was is useful is we've talked about use cases. And I think last week, the week before, we talked about, you know, experimenting and innovating in AI ops in, in areas that are really growing for you or where you're investing in network anyway. And so they, they really, they broke out three top, areas of investment. One was insecurity, the firewalls, intrusion detection systems and whatnot. Um, the other, the second area that companies are investing in AI ops is really in the application delivery networks. Um, so in your data center, in your cloud, and, and more of the more intelligent part of the networks that are delivering application quality. Um, and then the third, which I don't know if it was a distance third, which was the wide area network and Wi-Fi. And so I do think that is kind of enlightening as to where customers, when it, when it does come to network and really focus on the network as to where they see the need for AI ops, you know, security and, and the more complex and application delivery networks is really the, the biggest area of focus. Yeah. I, I think uh, we should spend some more time talking about automated, you know, the application delivery side of AI ops and we'll, I'll, uh, I'll make sure we slot that for future broadcasts. Cause I think that's a super interesting, uh, place to be spending some time looking at AI ops use cases so that, yeah. you know, because as, as we get more, you know, app, web-based applications and containers and dynamic loading and things like that, um, using AI to automatically spin up, spin down, move around, change configurations, allocate more resources to particular applications. I think that starts, uh, that's really, really important stuff when it comes to service quality and delivery. So I think that's a, a, you know, that's a subject we'll start touching on in the future. I think that's a, that's an exciting area to talk about. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, yeah. So we want to shift to the next, the next, sure. Uh, yeah, let's shift over let's, have there. Let's talk yeah, so about this is from, the state um, of AI ops. Yeah. So this is really, um, the second article we, we pulled out was from allied market research or ICT, uh, at allied market research. And they really, talk about the growth of the market. And, and I thought the numbers they put here were kind of insane growth. You know, if you want to invest in something, this is an area, if you believe the numbers, they, they talk about the, the AI ops market size for 2020 was 26 billion by 2030. And just nine years from now, it's going to be 644 billion, which, you know, that's a, that's a, a CAGR of 37%. That's doubling pretty much every two years, the size of the market. And so, you know, is it, I, I think the big thing that stood out for me there was, is it really, is, is this a new market or is this just really new features coming to the same market? And I, and I think it's a combination of both. It's, you know, so they're going to be redefining certain products and relaunching certain products, but that are the same products. It's just now they've got AI ops features 
And then instead of being the IT monitoring, you know, market, they're now part of the AI ops market. And so I think a lot of it's going to be that. But as we talked before, there's a lot of smaller vendors or other emerging vendors that are coming forth that are going to, you know, drive that overall growth. Um, I think the, the other thing I'll just point out is maybe I'll just highlight and then ask for your thoughts, Sean, is where that growth's going to be. You know, so one of them was they see a lot of growth in services, not just product. Um, they see growth in real-time analytics versus maybe the, uh, you know, maybe something that's post-processing. Um, they view, see growth in cloud versus on-premise. Um, from a market standpoint, it's not surprising health and life sciences. Um, they see the biggest growth, I think not surprising to anybody. And then the last is Asia. So most of the growth to date has been in North America. They're looking at more growth in Asia Pacific, which is, is pretty standard sort of trend line for a lot of technologies. But, um, Sean, I guess your thoughts on sort of where this growth is coming from and do you, do you believe it? Yeah. That, so when I was looking at this article, I was just blown away by the numbers. Um, mm -hmm. uh, do I believe it? Uh, it, it, it feels really, really big to me and uh, a little too big. And because, and I'm, I mean, I've looked at other studies where they're showing like the current market is somewhere 10 billion, 12 billion. So we're already off by a factor of, you know, two and a half percent where they think we are today with other studies I've seen and getting to 64, 644, or $645 billion in, you know, the next nine years. I, you know, my first question is, is what are they counting as AI ops? Right. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I think what concerns me about number like these articles is that they're, they're not giving a lot of context of what AI ops actually is. So, they could just be including anything that basically has the word AI ops attached to it is now part of this. And like you said, mm -hmm. um, if you look at something like ServiceNow, right? And ServiceNow is like, hey, we're putting machine learning into our platform. Well, they do, I don't know, $15 billion in revenue or something like that. So, oh, okay, mm -hmm. they're AI ops and that goes into the category. And I don't think yeah, that's right. really accurate either. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to argue. I, I don't really have the data to basically back up whether I think these are accurate or not. I think they're really high. That being said, uh, I do believe that the growth is pretty high. I don't know if there if the market's going to be growing, you know, almost 40% every single year, like you said, doubling every two years, but it is growing fast. Right. And so, uh, what I, what I thought was interesting where I spent most of my time is around the expansion areas and, mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of experience doing work in Asia. Uh, I do have some experience in my past jobs of selling into, you know, running a worldwide business for uh, BMC uh, that Asia represented the least amount of our, our revenue. Uh, and most of our revenue came from North America. The vast majority of that revenue came really from the East Coast. And then it was really EMEA and uh, really mostly you know, Western Europe, and then Asia was kind of a far, far back on that. So that being said, I think there's a tremendous amount of headroom for, for, for companies and uh, in Asia. And, and obviously what's really interesting is you've seen a lot of state sponsored investments by China in AI, and there's a lot of discussions going on about AI in general and how China is uh, over-investing compared to the United States in AI, and that's that's concerning in a lot of ways. So, um, but I think, you know, ultimately, I, I, the use cases, I think, are right in where they're looking at where this is going. And, 
you know, to, if you take this this article in perspective, right, and not get too wrapped around the numbers, but really where they're talking about, I think it, it's it's pretty accurate article. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. So, um, yeah, nothing else to add there. You want to yeah. move on to the next major topic? Yeah, let's move on. Um, yeah, I encourage everybody who's uh, who's wants. To, if you look on the left hand side of the um, the screen here, you'll see all the links to these articles. Feel free to like click on them and read them yourself. But, you know, anyways, yeah, so let's talk. So the last thing, kind of a good segue, right, is into 2021. And there was uh, um, uh, an interesting article that came out uh, from Tech Central. And, you know, you and I talked about this. And it's like, you know, the, the overarching numbers of growth over the next, you know, nine years was, you know, one discussion, what's, what's happening now, right? And so the... Um, so where we're looking at right now is is what's happening in 2021, and I think that's a really relevant thing to be talking about. Right. So this contributor at Tech Central put together this article, um, you know, really talking about deeper insights and greater automation. You know, the evolution of DevOps, which I think is a really key thing, um, and um, the you know I think. DevOps is really the basis. DevOps is really kind of the basis of where we're, we started with AI ops, right? And mm -hmm. so more investment into DevOps. I, I think that this goes back to the point I made earlier about automated application delivery, right? And that whole topic, that's really rooted in DevOps. So, and then, and then really it talks about preparation of your business for AI ops. So I'd uh, love to get your thoughts on this one. Yeah, I think on that last, I think some of the areas where investments are going to go aren't that surprising, I think. But the reality is the diversity of data collection across multiple clouds is going to be a big trend, as, as I talked about. Um, I think, you know, just bringing into, into play different siloed data sets today. So you've got your log tool and you've got your metrics and performance monitoring tools and you've got your event management. I think right now they all are fairly specialized and there's really just a handful of very large vendors that are pulling all that together and especially across multiple, um, the threshold setting, I think that's a large cable company complained, you know, with the at a previous engagement I was in about the vendor needing to, you know, really, we shouldn't be setting thresholds and deciding what the thresholds are. The system itself should be setting those thresholds. And that even isn't manual. That's dynamic. You're setting, um, you know, standard deviation thresholds isn't really cutting it. It's the system itself should see when there's an anomaly in the metric data and even looking across multiple metrics. And so I think that's a big area of improvement. But you mentioned the last one, which was the business adoption. And, and I, I like two quotes in there. Um, one was sort of a warning or a, not a warning, but a, a uh, be, be aware, buyer beware, which is, is she said, um, vendors using ML are in a, in a very trivial way. So I think that there are a lot of vendors that are calling it AI or calling it ML, where really it's just, it's more algorithms or rules that are being created, maybe with a little more flexibility or very, you know, really introducing more variables. Um, but, you know, what she also said, the author also said was, you know, that AI ops is really adding a whole new level of complexity and knowledge and intelligence. And that if that's not really matched with organizational readiness, it's going to fail to deliver on the business outcomes. And I think that, you know, combination of making poor purchases, you know, are you selecting the right technology, but are you also preparing the organization to bring this in and have the right structure 
an agile sort of release process and the right talent that's being applied to a new talent, but you're also bringing in the domain experts like we talked about in the past, you know, it is, it isn't, it's going to fail to deliver on the outcomes you're, you're uh, going after. So I think that was a big kind of final point she made was under the heading kind of preparing your business for the IOPS implementation. Yeah, I think that point, uh, I picked up on that too, that point of uh, kind of rudimentary ML, right, is really important because I think there are a lot of companies out there, vendors that are playing around with, you know, machine learning. And we've talked about this before where when we talk about AI ops, it's really machine learning at this point. And I think there are a lot of vendors out there, especially traditional vendors who were doing something non-AI ops driven, right, as a typical use case of massive amounts of data. Um, the, um, the idea of being able to insert like machine learning into their product in some way and then claim it as AI ops is, um, you know, I, I think that's more prevalent, right? There are particular vendors out there that are investing, that uh, they are AI ops platforms, right? And they have R and D teams that are building robust models and learning off of that. So mm -hmm. I think that's a good point when people are looking at um, AI ops platforms of trying to understand, and that's part of the navigation of all this this noise coming in, right? Of, yeah. Around AI ops. Yeah. Um, I think what's interesting too is that this article tying back to the last one we talked about is where do they see growth? And they said the same thing, uh, you know, growth in, in healthcare, media, entertainment, and energy, right? Yeah. And that makes sense, right? These are all industries with heavy digitized services, media, and entertainment, right? Everything's being delivered digitally now and, and healthcare uh, going through a massive digitization of healthcare records and telehealth with the pandemic and all kinds of things that they're trying to digitize the health experience. So that makes sense uh, to me. And, and it, it's, you know, both articles kind of touch on that, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so. Yeah. The last thing that I don't know if it was in the article, but just, I, I guess uh, some some maybe, maybe more executives or business leaders or management, you know, might view, or even some engineers just view, might view machine learning as effortless, right? As I, all I got to do is throw data at it and it's going to work. And I think that business readiness was, was key that it's not effortless. I think even in, you know, we, we say it is still machine learning, but you still need to prepare the data. You still need to do a lot of data preparation and be and organize your data so that you're, you know, if you want to recognize catch, you don't throw a bunch of clouds in there. Right. But so there's a lot of effort there, but there's also, I think incremental, we don't want to get too dogmatic and say, well, that's not really machine learning. If today you have, you're doing X, Y, and Z to prepare your data, to, to maintain a bunch of rules and, and a technology is going to come in and take away 60% of that or 70% of it, but you still gotta, you still gotta be smart about what your network is and how to apply it. That's still progress. Right. And so I, I, I don't want to get into the, uh, you know, I think that um, machine learning, there's a lot of trivial way. I mean, if, if that trivial way is really going to move your business forward and it and it's a good cost benefit analysis, you know, you should be you should be looking at it. So that's the last thing I'll, I'll mention. Yeah, I, I think what's interesting, what you said was really um, this idea of people thinking it's effortless. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we yeah. talked we talked last week right, about the, the, the need for teams to do machine to do AI ops and AI in general. So you're looking at data scientists and 
AI modeling people and, and, and translators, right. That understand the business met business objectives to the, uh, AI, you know, workflow and model. And, and, and like you said, data preparation, data sourcing. So it, it's not effortless at all. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a shift really of investment to being able to invest in a team of people that can essentially build robust models and continue to to make these models more efficient so you have so you can hire less people downstream to handle all the information coming in so you don't have to blow up your operations organization you know if you're looking at you know data you know doubling every single year which is kind of what we're seeing right the amount of data coming into these operation shops are doubling uh, essentially, if you went linear, you'd have to double your your operations organization and analyst teams and and uh, knock operators and sock operators to handle that. And that's the point of of really AI ops and machine learning is the ability to invest in a different area so that you can control downstream growth in those you know more analyst type roles and not have to double double triple those. So. But it certainly isn't effortless, and we'll be talking a lot more about this over in the future of just what it takes to become really good, and it, which leads to kind of what we talked about last week, and we should we should bring this up as a topic too. Is like, how do you do AI ops? How do you do machine learning if you don't have the resources to build teams like that, right? And mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of mid-sized enterprises that just won't be able to do it. They won't be able to fund it, and they won't be able to find the talent. So. Yep. Um, with that, I think we'll uh, we'll wrap up for today. 